The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. I'm biotech columnist Tim Borum, and welcome to another edition of Health Kick, the podcast series that unlocks the mysteries of the biotech and health sectors. Uh, today's topic is diagnostic imaging, which, uh, of course, to most patients still means undergoing a good old-fashioned x-ray, which was invented way back in 1895. Well, of course, there have been a lot of advances since technically speaking, most imaging is still pretty reliant on radiation-based techniques. Imagine Biosystems, though, hopes to change this, uh, and it's working on a new device based on magnetic fields rather than radiation called MagSense. And uh, I've got Imagine Director Mike Harsh here to tell me more. So uh, welcome, Mike. Welcome. Great to be here. Great. Excellent. Uh, Just by way of background, Mike's got an electrical engineering background having obtained a bachelor's degree in that discipline from Marquette University in Wisconsin. Uh, Just as importantly, he's had 36 years experience at the giant GE Healthcare, where he transformed high potential technologies into commercial medical diagnostic products. Uh, He also co-founded a a Silicon Valley startup called Terapede Systems, which is into improved X-ray detector uh, technology. Uh, Imagine itself listed here in June 2017, and while it's formally headquartered in Melbourne, most of the real activity takes place at its facility in San Diego in uh, California. Um, So, uh, Mike, uh, why did you uh, join Imagine? You know, I've got a couple reasons. I mean, the first one is something that's always been really top of mind for me. I always know that if you can see the disease at a cellular, molecular level very early, then I won't ever see it in a in a in a diagnostic image, radio, you know, diagnostic uh, image such as an X-ray or a CT or a mammogram. So that was number one. But I think the other thing is it's something that's always gone through my mind for years. There's basically five ways of imaging the human body. There's there's X-rays, which, as you said, have been around over 100 years. Uh, CT scans, which you know came in to be in the 70s. Uh, there's magnetic resonance scanners, ultrasound, and then the molecular imaging uh, uh, type of modalities. That would be positron emission tomography and single emission photon tomography, or SPECT, or nuclear imaging. Um, I had worked at G's research lab for a while, where I was a director of the imaging laboratories. Uh, you know, something that always amazed me is, you know, what is that sixth way of imaging? Um, after I retired from GE, I ran into Imagine Biosystems, and what do I find? I find a technology that has high sensitivity and specificity um, relative to a cancer that we're trying to detect, and we do that without radiation. And I look at it, and I'm saying, this is the sixth way of imaging in the human body. Yeah, okay. And, and, and so all the other techniques uh – well, except for MRIs, I guess, because that, that stands for ma- magnetic resonance imaging, uh, doesn't it? But all, 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 all the others still use radiation, don't they? Um, ultrasound does not. I mean, I think, okay. you know, yeah. 
So, you know, it's X-ray, CT, and uh, molecular imaging, or uh, those are radiation. Uh, they use radiation for imaging, yes. And, uh, I mean, apart, apart from not using radiation, what you're really saying is that it's all about early detection. It, it, it just sounds like sort of too many diseases, particularly cancers, just sort of aren't picked up at that early stage. Some cancers, I mean, you know, they're stage three, stage four before you, you, know, you realize you have them, and then it's way too late. Um, what I found interesting about um, this type of technology where we're doing targeted uh, imaging with uh, antibodies, uh, we can do it in a way that, you know, no radiation. Um, and, you know, when it's bound to a cancer, that's when we see it and we can image it. When it's unbound and just in your system uh, free, uh, it's basically invisible. And so it, it really allows us to image with uh, a large molecule contrast agent, if you will, um, and do it in a way that none of the other existing techniques can do. Yeah. Now, you're, um, the, the technique is called, and I, I hope I can say this uh, right, uh, super paramagnetic relaxometry. Um, now, it sort of sounds a bit new age, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> I think there's more of a sound scientific basis to it all. SPIOs have been around for a long time. They're super paramagnetic iron oxide nanoparticles. Um, you know, I've played with these, oh gosh, probably 19, 20 years ago at the research labs at GE. And they've been around before that. Uh, they got some very interesting properties. You can magnetize them and then they demagnetize fairly quickly. Um, it just happens that if you take these iron oxide nanoparticles and we functionalize these with an antibody uh, that's specific to a particular cancer, uh, when it attaches to that cancer and it's bound, um, how fast it demagnetizes or is, is much slower. And so it could take hundreds of milliseconds for it to demagnetize when it's bound. If it's unbound, it's going to be in milliseconds. And so by looking at these different relaxation times for the magnetization, we're able to make a functional image. And, you know, I think that's important. This isn't an anatomical image like you're going to get out of uh, X-ray or a CT uh, or an ultrasound, but this is a functional image like you see with a molecular imaging uh, technique um, that does use radiation, like PET or like uh, SPECT. Yeah, so I mean, from the from, from the looks of things, the the, the, the nanoparticles they, they sort of act like a magnetic beacon, but they're they're, they're specific to a uh, a, a, a certain disease or, or a specific disease. We functionalize them to uh, with an antibody that attaches that to that particular cancer. Um, and that's what we do. And then we just pulse a very quick, uh, very low magnetic uh, field into your body uh, to magnetize these. And then we pick the signal up with this extremely sensitive um, detector called a SQUID, which is uh, it stands for a superconductive quantum interface device. It has the ability of measuring magnetic fields down to the femtotesla, 10 to the minus 12th. That compared to a MR machine where you're talking three Tesla to, you know, uh, as, as clinical magnets up to 70 now for uh, some human scanners. Um, so very different side of the spectrum in terms of their sensitivity. But that's what we're using to detect our signal. Yeah, okay, okay. And then the nanoparticles, once I've done their job, they just sort of leave the body in the normal way. Uh, yeah, they'll clear through the liver over time. So that's 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 it's. Um, these, these particles have been around, they've been injected into humans for many years. Uh, and, you know, and that process is relatively known and its safety uh, is, is extremely well known. 
Yeah, okay, okay. And the technology, it's sort of got an interesting history, doesn't it, in that it was, uh, uh, it, it was devised by a, uh, a fellow whose who's, who's wife uh, developed breast cancer. So, so that was the catalyst. That was the catalyst, and he came out of the National Lab outside of Albuquerque and uh, really had a passion for this and uh, came up with this idea and pushed it hard. And, yes, that was the genesis for the technology. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting how these things start. Um, it usually happens, you know, from, an, you know, uh, a very adjacency or a kind of a right angle from what you'd expect. You know, the CT scanner, as an example, uh, was invented uh basically Hounsfield, and that came out of Thorn EMI Records. A record company actually invented the CAT scanner. And then once that came out, every one of the big manufacturers had to jump on it. But that's how these things usually happen. Yes, with a little bit of serendipity. You know, what I've learned over time is serendipity favors the prepared mind. <laughs> so, so in the case of MagSense, it was initially about um, map- mapping uh, magnetic fields in the brain. Well, yeah, and, you know, those are still there. Um you know, these sensors are so uh, sensitive. Uh, what happens is when you have um, an electrical signal traveling down the nerve or, or the synapse within your brain, that sets up a very weak magnetic field as that, as that charge is in motion. And um, this technology, which is, uses squids again, but magnetoencephalography, can actually detect that magnetic field and then map the electrical pathways in the brain. Um, and it's used for epilepsy and some of these other uh, other um, uh, techniques to try to really map and see what's going on within the brain. Yeah, okay. And so what sort of, uh, uh, what, what diseases are you uh, targeting at least uh, initially? Right. Our first, uh, our first uh, target is for HER2 positive breast cancer. Um, we can see our way through that clinically um, and through the regulatory body in a very straightforward fashion. Um, we have two other antibodies uh, that we're going to functionalize these uh, spios with that are in the pipeline. Uh, one is for prostate cancer. And then the other one, which I think is probably, it, it will be the home run, is going to be um, ovarian cancer. Um, that's a very tough cancer to detect. Uh, and generally, it's it's very late stage by the time the symptoms are uh, come, come to be. Yeah, okay, okay. But you're initially targeting her to positive. Her to positive. You know, we yeah. need to focus, and so that that will be our focus, and that is our focus. Yeah, okay. That's because it's a common cancer, and it's 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 very aggressive, isn't it? Well, this is so. We're going to start with her to positive breast cancer um, to get this thing through the approval process. Uh, yeah, her two will be expressed in a lot of different sites, but that's not our. That's not going to be our target. Um, and we're going to focus on breast cancer, and then. Uh, if it's metastatic to to the lymph nodes in any way, we'll be we're looking for that also. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, now at this stage, the uh, the company's uh, preclinical, isn't it? So it, it's got a fair way to go. So um, I'm 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 just sort of wondering what the uh, the next step is. Yeah, we're preclinical right now. Um, we've got particles in in being that are in being scaled up now with GMP production. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to conjugate that with a set of antibodies and that's, and that's in process. Uh, so we get this through GMP and we're headed towards first in human clinical trials as soon as we can. And where will they take place, uh, Mike? Uh, you know what? That's, um, we don't know yet. There's a couple sites that are vying to be uh, the first. Uh, when 
clinicians and surgeons hear about this, they're excited about picking up the technology. So uh, there's several places that uh, we're, we're investigating right now. Yeah, okay, okay. And in, in terms of commercialization, is it intended to uh, replace the uh, five other uh, diagnostic technologies or? No, um, it's really quite interesting. I mean, I've watched this, um, I watched this market uh, over so many years. And when I first started, the CAT scan, it just came out. And uh, everyone thought, well, is that going to put x-ray away? No, you know what? X-ray is still the most used diagnostic imaging procedure in the world every day. There are more x-rays performed on a daily basis than CT, uh, MRI, or, you know, and PET nuclear combined. So that didn't go away. When, when magnetic resonance imaging came out, everyone was concerned it was going to replace the CAT scanner. And when you look at the differences that, that MR has relative to CT, you could see right away that it could image soft tissue. It could do other things from anatomical to physiological to metabolic imaging. It never was going to replace this CAT scanner. Ultrasound's going through the same thing. When you look at how ubiquitous ultrasound is becoming in terms of bedside and in, in, in a physician's pocket, um, PET came to be. And again, these are all extremely complementary. So when I look at magnetic reflexometry, it's going to be the same thing. I see this extremely complementary to these other five ways of imaging the human body. Mm, okay. And uh, do, do you think we'll still be using x-rays in another 100 years? Yes, I do. I, you know, I would like to sit here and say, um, you know, we will find another way. But I think what we will do is we will find another way and we will change how we do x-ray, uh, both in terms of the x-ray source and the x-ray detector. Uh, but I think projection x-ray uh, it is, when I, when I look at healthcare, you know, I look at cost, quality, and access. X-ray really has access globally in all markets. Uh, it produces very good quality images, um, and the cost is effective. So I think X-ray is going to be around for some time. Yeah, okay. So it's uh, relatively cheap, and uh, it, 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 it more or less does the job. It really does. But of course, it can be improved on. It can be improved. But when you look at developing uh, countries, um, I can't think of a better uh, modality than x-ray as being the first thing you want to go to to see, you know, is there a fracture in that bone, as an example. Okay. Um, of course, there's well, one thing is developing the technology. The other thing is uh, getting it to market. Uh, Mike, what, what did you learn uh, at, at GE over all those years about uh, commercializing a product? You know, it's uh, with any of these technologies, I've seen a lot of great technology over the years. I mean, what we really need to work on in when we get into human trials is where we'll start developing that body of evidence is how do you change clinical practice? And uh, so we've got to make sure that we can demonstrate that sensitivity and specificity that we'll have here without radiation um, and build up that body of evidence so that we can start to change clinical practice here. So that's that's what we see is going to that's in my mind what, what has to happen next, and that'll be a uh, that'll be where we where we spend our time. Yeah, I guess you uh, need the uh, the thought leaders, if I can uh, use that term, uh, in the uh, imaging space. To uh, that's exactly to right. I mean, you call them a lot; they're, they're thought leaders. I mean, we used to call them luminaries, but yes, you need the thought leaders and folks that can really help change uh, clinical practice. But on the other hand, you know. And it will. It has to prove itself clinically that it actually brings value. And again, it does things like provide better quality outcomes. Um, these are the type of things that, you know, will demonstrate. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, in terms of that, does uh, does MAG sense, does it need to be uh, 
uh, better or cheaper than the current standard of care or <laughs> maybe just cheaper given the cost-conscious environment, particularly in the U.S.? Well, everything's cost-conscious, but, I, you know, what it needs to do is when you look at quality of outcome uh, and, being ha- and having that sensitivity and specificity without radiation, um, you know, that, that's what will drive this. Again, it's the quality of the outcome and it's the cost it'll save to the healthcare system overall. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And what's your what's your revenue model? It, it, it looks like you've you, you've got a, a printer and cartridge uh, uh, concept. It's really an interesting way of looking at at, at the business because um, you know coming out of the equipment side of things, uh, you know later we bolted on um, you know our diagnostic imaging agents our contrast imaging agents. You know, what we've got here is we have a magnetic reflexometry, which is the, the, the detector. Uh, but in my mind, the platform itself is the uh, iron oxide nanoparticles that have been functionalized. Because once we have that platform, now we can functionalize these with just a plethora of different antibodies. And so that's how we really, uh, and, and those are what we sell on an ongoing basis, just like a, a printer ink model. You're right. Yeah. Okay. And how can uh, sort of imagine that? How can it compete with sort of the GEs and, and the Siemens of the world? You know, they, those really big players. Yeah. If you look at it, we're not trying to compete with the GE, Siemens, Philips, um, Canon. That's not not our space. Um, you know, this is a technology that they don't have, and we're going to be able to deliver results that you know you won't be able to see with these other systems. Um, so. It really is unique, and it's it's a very it, it, it's unique in how it fits into the overall diagnostic imaging space. And and you're you're happy to be uh, based in Australia because, uh, as I said earlier, most most of your work uh, is uh, is done in the US. I, I love the fact that we're in Australia. I mean, when I look at access to uh, clinicians, uh, thought leaders, uh, what we can do with the technology in terms of folks that are willing to to, to work with us, it's been. The greatest thing we've done is 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 listed here at, and 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 uh, and leverage the, the expertise that I see in, in Australia. Yeah, and, and investors uh, get get the story over here, uh, do they? It's, uh, it's sometimes the like a claim that they don't. They get, they get the story. Um, you know, it's very different than this is a this is a real combination of device. It's not just a medical device. It's also a contrast agent. So, it's it's different, but it's. Um, but the reception in Australia has been very good. And, and in, in the uh, listed sphere, sort of, sort of either uh, here or, or in the US, uh, what, what would sort of be the closest uh, comparison company? You know, there isn't one that mm. uh, really is is in this same space. There's um, there's a small startup in in the US called uh, Mag- um, Magnetic Particle Imaging, uh, but it uses non functional imaging and it's for preclinical and it's. Um, it's, it's really a, it, it addresses something completely different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, your your share price has been a bit off the pace of late. I'm just wondering what what you make of that. I think uh, it's, we have to just keep coming over here and telling our story and making sure that investors understand uh, exactly what we're doing here. Uh, when I, when I take a look at everything, we're doing something at a system level no one's ever done before. Uh, but from a subsystem standpoint, nanoparticles have been around for 20 years. The functionalization have been around. Uh, the idea of squids have been around since we've been doing MEG scans of the brain. All of this stuff is there. So from a technology standpoint, the pieces are there. It's a matter of pulling the system together, and we have to be able to tell that story and make sure that, pe- that, that, that the investors here understand uh, what it takes to pull the system together. 
Mm, yeah, okay, okay. I guess, uh, I guess, as you progress, the as usual, the uh, the, the results should uh, should speak for themselves. Exactly. But um, there's uh, certainly a lot of interest in the diagnostic space at the moment, isn't there? You know, it's not just diagnostics, but when I look at it, and we start getting into prostate cancer. Then I really think we can look at theragnostics, where we can really be a diagnostic and there'd be a companion therapy with it um, that gives you the same type of imaging. Uh, but it happens to be during the therapy side of things. So I, I, I do think there's some very interesting um, places we can take this uh, company and the technology as we go forward. Okay, great. All right. Well, look, uh, thanks. Uh, th- thanks very much for the chat, Mike, and all the best in uh, developing the, the sixth uh, pillar of diagnostics, if I can call it that. Great. Thank you so much, Tim. It's great talking to you today. Okay. Thanks, Mike.